What about, have you ever had like a repeat customer, like a dude that's married to I, a lot of chicks? I, I actually have, and I needed to get permission from the first wife to do the, to do the oh second gosh. divorce, which she happily gave. I'm sure she was um, amused. She They're was probably amused. buddies now. They are buddies, and she actually <laughs> recommended. Hi, I'm Nellie. And I'm Dan. And unless you stop listening now, you're going to hear the Happily Demarried podcast where we talk about issues related to living through and after divorce. And maintaining a bearable relationship with your current or future ex-spouse. I didn't have any trouble saying it. If the sentence is too long. Maybe, and maybe you just don't know how to read things. Well, here's how it should read. Okay, you do take intro two, take four. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Happily Demarried. This is our first foray into the world of interviewing, and we have with us today Nellie. Hi. I'm Dan, and Joanne Fryer, who is our special guest, and she's she's the reason that we're divorced. <laughs> that is so not true. <laughs> she, she made us get a divorce. That is so not true. Joanne is our mediator. She is the person who saw us through the divorce settlement process over the course of 27 years. <laughs> and, I think it was more like two. And we're in the house that she bought with the proceeds of the <laughs> Oh my God, Dan. That is so not true. So not true. He's so funny. We are. We're sitting at Joanne's farm and it's beautiful. And um, Special Joanne, plug, it's going to be a wedding venue. So it certainly is. Talk the table, it all comes around. So she, she is marrying couples that don't get along well so she can then help them through their mediation that is so not true <laughs> but but if a fight breaks out at the wedding i'm a trained family mediator and i think that's pretty useful with the with the relatives it's it is perfect. useful and if anybody can resolve it it's you um and so anyway we uh we're lucky enough to get joanne to consent without thinking about it to, to sitting in and talking to us for a few minutes today and we were just going to ask her a little bit about um, kind of her experience in mediating divorces, the kinds of stuff that she saw. Um, but before us, we but get into that, I want to say that the reason why Dan and I have even ventured into doing a podcast together is because of Joanne. Because after two years of mediating with us, which was Three. a long, it was two. Three. It was a long, drawn out, it was, but we were friendly about it, but it was long. And um, Joanne said at, at our last meeting, you two, you two should write a book. That's all she said. So mm -hmm. this is kind of So our... you can either thank her or blame her. <laughs> this is why. I, this... I, think you should, I think you should take this on the road because you can help so many people who do not realize that, um, you know, when you, when you decide to get divorced, that's quite a whipsaw. Here's a person that you know, you thought you would spend the rest of your life with. And then suddenly, they don't want to be with you anymore. And and you feel like that's going to last forever. But what people often realize, most people didn't marry someone that they didn't have something in common with, some affection for. Maybe they couldn't live together. But if you look at most couples that get married, there is love there on many different levels. And um, while it's very painful at the beginning, what we don't wanna do in the modern divorce world with 
adversarial divorce is pour gasoline on that fire. We want to put water on that fire. And that's why mediation was invented to help couples have the good divorce as opposed to the bad divorce. And the reason that I do it is because the vast, vast majority of my couples have children. And you never, ever, ever, ever get divorced from being parents together. You are always going to be a family. The fabric of the family changes over time. You know, your Gus and Poppy one day will bring new people into your lives. Hopefully you'll be blessed with grandchildren. So the fabric of the family will change, but it's always a family because you have these kids together. So it's so important that people get along and find that place where, wait, this is a nice person. I, there's a lot to like about this person. Maybe I can't live with this person, you know. Or be happy that you don't have to live with them anymore. Like, I I don't like the way you chew apples. I don't know if I ever told you that, but it was so loud. Yeah. I I like everything about you, (laughs) Nellie. So that was never an issue. So Joanne's been a mediator, a divorce mediator, for 27 years when we had you. So how Mm. long is it now? Since 1991. What is that, Dan? Long time. That's a lot of math. That's the... How come you didn't direct the math question towards me? Just because. (laughs) I know you. 27 years. So you've been doing it for a long time. And and the stuff that you're saying is stuff that I have blissfully stolen from you and stuff that I've written and stuff that we've said here. But it is about kind of, you kind of have to go backwards in time sometimes of divorce to remember that this wasn't somebody you hated at the outset. Right. You, You either... Loved them, liked them, or lusted after them enough to be together in the first place. Exactly. So, exactly. You have to kind of um, assume find... that there's some kernel of that still there. That's right. And and so what you're doing, though, which I think is, I think what you do is fascinating and interesting and, and challenging all, all at once. But you're getting these people who, at the time when they have absolutely forgotten and chosen to forget mm-hmm. that kernel. They've mm-hmm. chosen to forget that there was anything lovable or even likable about the person mm-hmm. in the first place. Mm-hmm. And the the challenge that I can imagine you must face is trying to get them. I mean, you've got a couple of things going at the same time. It's not only the emotional side. Mm-hmm. It's also the it's the it's the tactical stuff. It's how are you going to separate two lives mm-hmm. financially, custody wise. Um, and the emotional stuff is kind of by nature of the, the, the divorce process, it's kind of put in third place. The, the emotional stuff is really, nobody says figure out how to get along. They're like, you got to separate the things that are, you know, that are going to be in the contract. You're going to, there's going to be alimony. There's going to be spousal support. There's going to be a custody arrangement. But what you enabled us to do is to actually maintain something like a, at least a civil working relationship during that process. And I'm assuming that's something that you have to do every single it, it, time. It is. It's, it's the mediator controls the process. I don't control the outcome. Um, you, you have free will. <laughs> you can leave at any time. Um, but I do control the process. And I do do a lot of restating and reframing of hurtful statements, if you remember. Um, and Oh, you, you watched... I cried in your office yes you did a lot but but the other thing that i did is reflect back your back your feelings because it's not just about facts and that's where lawyers go wrong they um 
they're looking at, okay, this is a pile of assets. This is where the values are. We're going to break it up. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. If you don't pay attention to the feelings, you'll never have a good settlement. You never will. And, and all these years that I've done mediation, I have never done the same agreement twice. It's every family is unique. Every family is different. Some people can work very quickly. Um, other people need to take a break mm -hmm. and think about it and come back later um, and figure out what they want to do. But I think what I love about mediation and private mediation is you can work with the t with a speed that's comfortable for both people, not too slow, not too fast, and try to keep it going at a speed that works for that couple. Um, and I love the uniqueness of everybody. Mm -hmm. I, I just love that because every family is different. You know the best thing you told us, and it has changed our lives and our kids' lives, are the Wednesdays. You explain a little bit. So, okay, so we, we were trying to figure out custody. Which and is hell, and I was in tears. But So usually, most people that I've met have... And I don't like you to use the word custody, by the way. What is okay. it? Okay. Um, what would you like me to call Just you know, parent-child contact or something that doesn't make the children sound like objects. Sure. Right? And that's that's fair. I mean, I, I use the term because it's certainly it's, it's, something that people understand. I wish they I were agree. objects. It's... We could shut them off. <laughs> I'm just They're kidding. their own people. They are. So what um, Joanne told us, which I've never heard of this. Um, so everyone has 50-50. You know, you share your kids 50% of the time. A lot of time that's... a I've seen that's the goal, no matter what one parent mm -hmm. is like or the other. But there's seven days in a week. So it's hard to split that up evenly. And so what the way Joanne framed it, she goes, what she goes, can I tell you guys what every kid complains about the most when after they get divorced? And so I have these things in my head coming up. And she said that they never get time alone with each parent because they used to because you on weekends you divide and conquer <clears throat> like I'm going right. here you want to come and so you you tag team and the kids get to be alone in the car or whatever so every Wednesday night Dan and I switch on and off and we call it our alone nights and we still do it and the kids love alone nights mm -hmm. if we happen to see each other at the same restaurant or town in <laughs> town it is it is awful our daughter's like get out why are you here yeah yeah no it's <laughs> terrific it is awesome. It is. And so few people do it um, because they, they, this is quite sad. The parent wants the alone time with no children. Right. And it's hard. I mean, when you make that commitment to be a parent, you've got a responsibility there for about 18 plus years. Right. And, um, well, the irony of that situation is you're still going to have three nights of the week that you didn't have alone before. Exactly. So you're not really sacrificing anything. If no. you want the extra time, no, and it's the best thing. It. it is the best thing we do because, like you know, they just are very different. And well, they like and they do don't want to do the same thing. So right, and every other week I get to be so twice a month I have a, a, a alone night with each kid. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. I haven't figured out how to split that up if you have five kids, but that's math. So we're not going to talk about that right now. Right. But there are ways to make that. Part there are of definitely just ways. call Joanne. She'll yeah. do it. Yeah, Joanne it's will done do all the, math. the time. Yep. Yeah. And so that's been something that was really helpful to us um, and to the kids. 
and and the other the other I think probably the primary point that we took away from you was we always looked back at the kids like every decision that we had to make every anger angry moment that we had we had to step back and look at how it was going to impact the kids if we handled it poorly mm-hmm. and how to blame them and how to blame the kids. <laughs> the kids. <laughs> No, you never blamed your children. I know we didn't. You I'm just trying to did. make Dan laugh. You never did. You always put those children first. Yeah. Which um, is why I could work with you. But it actually takes the it takes the, the air out of the arguments a lot of times when you can do that. Because mm-hmm. your interests in the kids may not seem like they're aligned, but ultimately they are. And if you want to have a fight just for the sake of having a fight, and it's going to have a negative impact on your kids, it takes the fun out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really hard to d- disconnect from that, especially if there's animosity, if there are, you know, if there were infidelities or financial indiscretions mm-hmm. or all that. So we were fortunate that we didn't have that, but a lot of couples still go through mm-hmm. it and you're still going to have that relationship when you're done. So you've got to find the path to it. Um, and it's got to be, that's like the, the anchor that you can always kind of pull on if you need to. It's like, look at the kids instead of making them, trying to win them over to your side of the argument, um, keeping them out of the argument altogether is the best thing that you, we've ever done. I want to pick Joanne's brain. Do it. Pick it. Like, don't we have, like, what were we going to ask her? About oh, we had some great questions that I was going to ask. Just, um, let me think here. Do, do, do you, um, have you ever had to, actually, have you ever had people come back after the divorce and have to renegotiate the settlement with you? Um, usually that, only happens when it is a financial renegotiation of child support. Mm-hmm. And that actually happens a lot because children, if you have multiple children, somebody grows up, goes away, you have to change the numbers. Um, but those are really kind of fun and easy if they've been through mediation because at that point, they've been parenting. They know what worked, what didn't work. A lot of it's trial and error. You know that. Sure. And um, well, if they're coming to you, that means they're not going straight to the If they come the to me, they're 85 to 90% of the way there just by walking right. in the door. Right. What about, have you ever had like a repeat customer, like a dude that's married to I, a lot of chicks? I, I actually have, and I needed to get permission from the first wife to do the, oh to do the second divorce, which she happily gave. I'm sure she was um, amused. They're probably amused. buddies now. They are buddies, and she actually <laughs> recommended that he go through mediation. He's going to keep using you. That's wonderful. Three is my limit. That's good. Three is my limit. You have to have standards. That's right. That's That's right. No, it, it, it was good because, believe it or not, they're still parenting and they have lots of kids to, to work with. And it's super important, um, that everybody get along. Have you ever had couples that you couldn't work with? Yes. If you remember, I always do a half an hour, 45 minutes introductory meeting that I don't charge for because people think Nelly they're screening me. What? They, they... Nellie picked that one up. <laughs> I don't get it. The one that we didn't pay <laughs> oh, for. Oh, I right, paid right, for the free right. one. <laughs> exactly. She did. Um, the, that is so true. Um, it's people, people do think they're screening me, but I'm very much screening them because I don't, I've done so many of these that I know who and who won't be a good candidate to Mm -hmm. get to mediation. And the thing is, I can do a traditional early neutral evaluation type type setting where you say, okay, this is what's going to happen in court. 
you might as well do this. This is your reference. It's going to cost you this much if you go to court. You can do it here. It'll be a lot cheaper. Bam, bam, bam. But I'm not really interested in that. Right. Um, what if if people are not able to put their children first? I can see that in that first session all day long. Mm -hmm. They refer to the children as my kids. Um, they are really alienating the other parent from the children. Right. And those are the ones that I don't but have But those are the ones in. that need help. Um, those are high conflict. The, this is a, yeah. there's a difference. There's a difference. There's, there are certainly people that are temporarily insane <laughs> going through their divorce. Pretty much everybody. You, well, you can work, you can work with when, those people. Can you tell me when it wears off? <laughs> <laughs> it, no. Yes. You, you don't have it. <laughs> Anymore. Anymore. You did. But um, You guys are ganging up on you me. Did. Nothing new. No, you did have that. I but, really did. Um, I but, but that's normal. And people can work through that. But then there are people who have deep-seated psychological problems. And you can't... They're not mediatable in the sense right. of the mm -hmm. type of work that I like to do. So do you say like, oh, dude, you shouldn't have married her? No, I say, I don't think I'm the right person sure. for the two of you. <laughs> and, you know, it, they what they really do need is they need a lot of psychological um, mm -hmm. counseling and help. And and I'm trained to, to spot that. Have you ever, man, like, have you ever gone down the road with with couples before and had to had to step back from it then. not not usually wow. no I, i'm i'm pretty good at assessing well you probably um, i mean it's probably hard for you to step back at that it, point it, anyhow because you're invested to a certain extent yeah honestly there there are honestly i have a pretty good success rate but only because there's two things going on i'm a private mediator so they're not being forced right into it they already have a, the mindset of we sure. want to we want to do this, um, and then secondly, just screening them to know do they have substance abuse issues that are not something that you know that is being managed at all, or is there a power imbalance between this couple that I can't write? Right, um, and that's what mediators do is there's always a power imbalance in some areas, mom has all the power. In other areas, dad has all the power. And it changes for every different couple. And so it's not that one person has all the power and the other one doesn't have any. You're constantly trying to get them on, a, on an equal footing to be able to make good, solid decisions together. Um, but if there are couples that there's a power imbalance that I'm not going to be able to write, mm -hmm. then... You know, and, you know, you see that with abuse situations sure. where someone is just not going to be able to get on a level playing field right. unless they have an attorney there. And, you oh, know, it's so sad when you see that. It is. It's, it's very, very sad. sad. And honestly, that's why I always do that. My, my most important session is the first one because. So Dan and I made it past the first session? Immediately. Totally <laughs> fooled you. Im no. I don't think I was no. there. <laughs> We got in on Nellie. No, you were both there, and you were both one. You know what? I with the two of you, it was so obvious to me that you loved your children so darn much, and I think I even told you how lucky your kids were to have you. And they, and they, I'm sure, remain the luckiest children they, ever. They tell us that 
every that's, day. I'm sure they don't. <laughs> my 14-year-old daughter. Oh, that's the alien stage. Always. Yeah. 14. No, 14. You, you do know that I used to volunteer to mediate parent-teen disputes for five years for parents and teenagers. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Who were having difficult... That was my volunteer work at night. And what we would do is refrigerator contracts where, of course, it's not a legal contract, but to discuss the rules of the home. And, of course, the child... And then I, I developed a model where, and I really love this, where I use a peer mediator, another team, and mm -hmm. trained another team to work with me as a co-mediator. That's brilliant. Ooh, it's like 21 and, Jump Street. And, and, and the thing is, and it's common now, and it's done, and it wasn't always common, but the child has to be part of developing the consequences, mm -hmm. or else they won't abide by the rules no ownership no ownership right and they have to feel a part of what is going to happen to them if they violate curfew or the cleaning rules or do you know whatever it is that that is an issue which isn't really different from what you do with adults in a, in a no no because there, there has to be the ownership re the reason you... mediated agreements are far more likely to be abided by right. than something a judge shoves down your throat i think what what it helped me do was look at my own like barriers and faults and stubbornness and it's hard like it's hard to look at that and see like oh i'm the one that needs to change it's difficult yeah self-reflection is never it's, that much it's, fun it's awful. It, it never is and everybody is that way it's, it's not so just hard. you it's not just you yeah you've got to realize that and then for children um at 14 it's super normal for them oh, yeah. to be ugly, and they need to do that because they need to start pulling away from you. I think 13 and is you're worse. you're safe. Like, Poppy was, like... <clears throat> well, she's advanced. She is advanced. She and is Gus advanced. And Gus is, you know, he's... 16 has been a little... You want there's them always, to do that. There's always, their some, own. there's always a new challenge at every age. You want them you just, to do it because, um, you know, they need to, they need to have a safe place to start to form that independence. Right. That's what I say. I'm like, they have to practice being jerks on but, someone. But it's very tough with parents who are going through the divorce when the children are right at that point where they're starting to pull away because then the child can't do that because they have to, they're parentified. Right. They have to take yeah, care yeah. of mama or they have to take care of, of dad. And that I don't think is we ever, so difficult. I, I never made it so they had to take care of me. But people do. Yeah. And, well, and I think it, it's, a, it's a kid's natural reaction to a situation it, it, where there's something weird going on. They're going they're to going, look out for they do themselves. Love you. For, yeah. They do love you. They but worry. They worry, about, they, they worry about us all the time now. They do. And, you know, it's just sad when the temporarily insane part hits when the child is temporarily yeah. insane oh, as well. Oh, it hits hard. That temporary insanity. It does, mm -hmm. but it, it's something that people work through, and they work through it on their own time frame, and you work through it pretty quickly. But the, but the, the other really important part of trying to figure out how to get along after you're divorced, especially if you have kids, is that the challenges keep presenting themselves. I mean, mm -hmm. Nellie and I now, the kids live in two different houses, and we're aligned on most everything. Mm -hmm. But there are some areas around the edges where we aren't. So we have to work through that stuff. Mm -hmm. If we have fights now, it's generally about about 
who's being more lenient or how things are being done with the kids. The it's not, oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it, that's challenging. I mean, you'd have that because same fight play, in the house. Because they can play one against the other. They can, but the, the more you can we unify. We know too much. We're in, right. we're in touch but too much. But you're in constant so, communication. Yeah, it, 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 and you have to be. So the, to the extent that you can lay, the, like. I, I'm definitely the, the hammer. So what I wonder about the two of you is what happens when the children are grown. I'm going to find a little cabin in Alaska, <laughs> and I'm just going to move there and not talk to anybody ever again. Well, I have secretly been hoping um, I want to be a grandma. Yeah. 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 You're not, don't say that. <laughs> not too early. <laughs> no, but. Not like, too early. That's what I want to do. But there should be, ideally, about a 10-year period. Oh, I haven't figured out those 10 years. That's going to be. Because I you like two to... are so devoted to these children. That's when I get to earn the money that pays for college. Yes. That's what those 10 years are for. Yes, and to then pay I, it And then back. I get to start shopping for my refrigerator box that I'm going to live in when, <laughs> when they finally get done. Yeah, that's well, great. Can that's we great. interview you again somewhere down the You line? can always Yeah, we've already taken me. more of your time than yes. you were, we told you we were. Yeah. We, it's easy enough to talk to you that we could go on for a lot. Longer. I know. You really helped so many people and so many kids. And like, us. you helped our kids. I mean, you helped us, but you really helped our kids have, like, I don't know. Sometimes you don't know that way is out there. Well, so. I'm. I'm. it's an honor. It's an honor to work with you people. It's an honor to work with all the folks that I've. I've had the pleasure of working with, and um, and I will continue to do that as long as I can. And I love that you're a divorce mediator that is now throwing weddings. I know. Like, well, you know, and, I need a little and growing flowers for weddings. I it's know. Just, it's it's just, kind of beautiful. You are you're at the heart of the marriage culture. Yeah. Well, <laughs> All my, way my husband does threaten to tuck one of my cards in each bouquet. <laughs> 52% like during That's the right. did they have you do the vows um, I just want to say 52% of you will right. not you make really, it really really sure <laughs> really for sure how funny would that be to be like who, where are you getting thing. married at a divorce mediator's house but no 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 cool. but you know what marriage is still wonderful because guess what look what you have you have these two children that you never would have had Enough. It's and you true. have this incredible family. It is the creation of a yeah. family. Yeah, it is. And, yeah, and that's my point about the fabric changes over time. But that's why marriage is special because you're creating a family and that family doesn't go away. Yeah. And that's why we continue to honor it. And it's one of the greatest human celebrations that we have. You're so, so sweet. Thank you, Joanne. That's you it? have done us great honor by doing this today. So oh, this oh. is Happily Demarried. I'm Dan. That's Nellie. And Joanne Fryer is ready to do your wedding on either end. <laughs> Congratulations, you made it through the Happily Demarried podcast. And since you've demonstrated an appetite or at least a tolerance for what we have to say, check us out online at www.happilydemarried.com where you'll find articles corresponding to each podcast, period. Sign up for our very prestigious mailing list. Or send us your questions or comments to info at happilydemarried.com. We'd love to hear from you. That's not on there. That part would love to hear from you. Well, I'm putting my own Just spin like, on it. Now I'll run from you.